0: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash paperterian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hi, and welcome to your Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Boland. Ben, today we have a topic that comes to us from a listener, a mm-hmm. listener suggestion, mm-hmm. and it's from a guy named Matt, and Matt is from Melbourne, Australia.
2: Oh, down in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. Oh, that was a horrible accident. I'm sorry. We have a... Great deal of Australian listeners, and don't worry, guys, we've got that Holden podcast on the way. However, that's not why Matt wrote to us.
1: Exactly right. He wrote in to, uh, to ask us about Graceland, and here's the way he kind of led into this whole thing. A co worker of mine just came back from an amazing tour of the U.S., and part of her tour involved seeing Graceland. Now, as I was looking through her photo album, I was struck by the very, very pretty cars that Elvis had. The cars were so beautiful. It was, I was You know, it took away my breath is what he
2: says. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh now tourists aren't allowed to use flash photography, apparently, so taking pictures uh, you know, was a little bit tricky, you know, in the dark, but um sometimes a few of the snaps really kind of brought to life some of these cars that were on display there. Now he mentions that you know some of these uh these cars they're very plush, of course, the cars that are on display at Graceland, the cars of Elvis, right? Right. Uh very, very plush. And he says (laughs) that's funny, he says a lot of those seats make me wish that I could have a nap on those after a sandwich. And he says it, it, it looked so comfortable to, to just lay down in like a, like a big comfy bed, right? Yeah. And he said, I bet Elvis did nap in one of those seats at least one time. Of course he did. No I'm doubt about sure. it. Sure, yeah. Obviously. And he says, well, how about a podcast? The Cars of Graceland, the Elvis Cars, I don't care what you call it. I just hope that someday you'll decide to use this idea.
2: Well, congratulations, Matt, or congratulations to us. It's either your lucky day or ours, because we thought this was a fantastic idea. So let's get right into it. little background information. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who we're talking about, that is Elvis Aaron the King Presley, born in 1935 in Mississippi. Even though he's known as uh, one of the most famous guys from Tennessee, he was born in Mississippi. Hard to believe. Now, if he was still around...
1: He would be turning eighty years old next year. Yeah, isn't that? I mean, that's amazing to think about that because you know the last image of him that we have because he he died in nineteen seventy seven, August sixteenth, nineteen seventy seven. He was only forty two years
2: old when he passed away. I mean, the brightest flames burn
1: briefest, right? Way, way, way too young. But I'll tell you, he packed a lot of living into that 42 years. And there's there's more to it than just the cars. There's some, some of these crazy stories that we
2: hear about, Elvis. I mean, <laughs> yeah. really crazy. When shooting we were, TVs instead of changing yeah, the channel. Shooting
1: TVs, shooting cars. And it wasn't just the one car that we always hear about. There were more. There were multiple car shootings, Ben. <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> um, let's see, there's just all kinds of stuff. I mean, some, some antics that went on with the Memphis Mafia, yep. um, his eating. Habits, mm-hmm. uh, drug you know, habits. You know, drug habits. Of course, uh, some of the uh, the stage stuff. You know, with the karate and uh, yeah. you know, the um, <laughs> uh, supposedly drug fueled rants that he went on. You know, in some of these uh, some of these shows that he was at in Vegas. And
2: yeah, he uh, wrote to the president. Uh, once or twice, asking to be part of the anti-communist he, task force. Yeah, right. He met with Nixon. Uh, yeah. You know,
1: there's all these stories, and you know, we'll touch on a few of these, but few you know, of the, the car ones. Yeah, a few of the car ones. Some of the the focus is is going to be on on the Cadillacs and you know the cars that he gave away and the number of cars that he had and the mm-hmm. uh, his, just his love for driving. Because as I was as I was reading this week, Ben, and I feel like I have to slow down here because I'm getting kind of excited. I was reading about Elvis all week long to prep for this thing, right? Right. And I, I was pretty young when Elvis passed away. I remember the day exactly, which is weird because it happened to be, it, it coincided with some other kind of crazy event that my family was going through at the time. We uh-huh. were we were on vacation. It was August 16th, 1977. And the only reason I remember the day is because it was a day that we walked out of the hotel where, wherever we were, here, somewhere here in the south, I believe. Okay. And I think it might maybe Tennessee, and someone had smashed the window out in our car with a uh, with like a spare tire. Whoa! And they had stolen our CB radio because you know it was the 1970s. <laughs> and uh, there was, was like blood on the seats and stuff from like the you know the robber who had had crawled through to get the thing and and removed it. But they cut
2: themselves. Yeah.
1: And so you know we're sitting there on the curb with the radio on, probably AM radio if I had to guess. Yeah. Listening to the news and heard that Elvis Presley had passed away. And you know as my dad's picking glass out of this car seat trying to get us to the next town or whatever. Um, and I left my, uh you know, there's another little side note. Uh-huh. I had a, like a favorite little puppet thing that I carried and slept with, you know, like my comfortable little animal thing. Sure, sure. As I was sitting on the curb at the hotel, I I left that there, and we had gotten about an hour and a half away from the hotel before I realized it. And, oh, man. And you know what? I gotta thank my parents right now. They turned around and went back for it.
2: No way. That's awesome. Yeah, it was like
1: added to three, you know, three hours to our trip or something. But, uh, they went back and it was still sitting there, luckily. And, uh, like just a a memorable day for many reasons. But, um, that's probably way before your time, right?
2: Uh, 77. Yeah. I was not, uh, not to my knowledge around. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I can tell you that my parents themselves are huge. Elvis fans, now listen, Scott, and uh, ladies and gentlemen here in the audience, you guys, if you've heard the show before, know that I am from Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I was born in Nashville. My family uh, is mostly from eastern Tennessee, and, you know, you can't really argue about the king in Tennessee. It's kind of like saying you don't like Coca-Cola in Atlanta, So we have been, you know, I grew up with hearing Elvis songs, hearing Elvis legends, lifelong things. Um, a little bit about background about me. I'm actually, uh, technically speaking, I'm what's called a Melungeon. And there's this big rumor that Elvis might also be a Melungeon. I don't want to get us too far off the, off the parts of Elvis's life that we're going to look at today, his car collection and other vehicles, but. Uh, for anyone who's interested, if you have some free time in Google, check out Melungeons and, uh, let us know what you think about whether or not Elvis was one. Personally, I don't think so. So possible tie here between you and Elvis. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> We're, uh, isn't that the joke with the, uh, the smaller rural communities in Tennessee? We're all related, man. <laughs> yeah, that's I, right. I had to move out so I could find someone to date. <laughs> good, good point. All right. Hey, I have yeah. a question for you. Have you sure, been, sure. Have you been to Graceland? I think once when I was very, very young. Okay.
1: I have never been to Graceland and uh from what I hear it's you know got a, a reasonable display of vehicles there. You know there's uh-huh. like twenty vehicles.
2: But that's it's, not all of
1: them. And it oh definitely not. And it's not just uh it's not just Cadillacs. You know, mm-hmm. there's things like three wheelers and there's a go kart there that I think the king owned and mm-hmm. um I, I think there's a a an MGA from one of his movies.
2: Is his Rolls Royce there? Uh,
1: I think it is. Yeah, yeah, maybe even a couple of Rolls Royces. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of you know there's a variety of cars there, and there's 20 cars there, and you think, mm-hmm. well, that's a lot of cars, right? And the yeah. thing was known for having a lot of cars. The truth is, he probably bought more than 100 Cadillacs. Mm-hmm. He bought more than 400 cars total. In his lifetime, which and gave a lot away, 400 cars. I mean, how many <laughs> cars? You know, it's just incredible to think about this.
2: Again, he's only 42.
1: Now, the thing is, yeah, exactly right. And and really, his his stardom didn't happen until the mid 1950s. Mm-hmm. So there's like 20 years there where he's really going at it. Like as far as you know, like if he sees a car he likes, he buys that car. If he if he hears about a car that he may be interested in, he'll travel to see that car and then likely come home with that car. And yeah. he would buy cars. And give them to people without ever really even seeing the car himself. He would order them mm. from a dealership, have them shipped to somebody that he either knew, you know, friends, family, co-workers. Um, sure, maids, um, even total strangers. If he just yeah. liked that stranger, he was a very generous, generous person, and, and you know all that other stuff that kind of um, overshadows maybe the generous giving nature of him. Now I know mm. a lot of people think about the Cadillacs and think well, like, well, that's a that's a fantastic gift to give, right? Yeah. To him, that was like the ultimate gift because it was something that he had always looked at as part of um as more like a um, a symbol a, a symbol of success yeah and he wanted to give that to other people as well because when he was young he didn't always have a lot of money like he came from a you know pretty i guess modest beginning
2: right absolutely and, yeah and
1: was it Tupelo is it right
2: mhm tupelo mississippi tupelo mississippi is
1: where he was born and, um, you know, he, he grew up, I guess, in a relatively normal way. I mean, you could read about, you know, what his, his youth was like and everything, but mm-hmm. his parents did give him a uh, a car for his 18th birthday, and they gave him a, it was a used vehicle, an old used vehicle. It was a 1942 Lincoln Zephyr Coupe. Now, I've seen that also listed as a 1941 Lincoln Zephyr. I'll have to yeah. double-check that. You know, through history, things get changed around a little bit. But um I think he <laughs> joked even, I read it somewhere that, he said he pushed that car more than he drove it, right? <laughs> so it was, a, it was a pile of junk, I guess, to begin with, right? Yeah. And he worked as a, um, as a truck driver at some point in his young, young life, maybe after high school. Mm-hmm. And as he's driving around in the truck, he would say, you know, like, as he's driving, he would see a, a big shiny car that would pass him and it would be like like a nice Cadillac typically that caught right. his eye. Yeah. And he would kind of daydream about it. Like, you know, someday something's going to change that, that makes me famous and, and I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have something like that. You know? And he would dream big dreams.
2: And also, he that wasn't the only car he ever got a chance to drive at that time, the Zephyr, because there's an interesting transcript with uh, this guy named Billy Smith, which you probably saw earlier, too. And it's about he grew up with Elvis, and when Elvis got his driver's license, uh, Billy Smith's father was working for a company uh, called Precision Tool, and he was making pretty good money which meant that he could get a 51 uh, Chevrolet with a, just a couple bells and whistles. And so uh he, this guy's dad lets Elvis borrow the car to take his driver's test. Mm-hmm. And everybody went with him. I mean, you know, it's kind of a small town, so one person's doing something, everybody wants to hang out, right? And uh, he never, Elvis was a pretty, polite. He had what you would call home training, right, sure. in yeah. the South. And uh, this was the first exhibit of road rage. I'm not going to read his quote because this is a family show, but apparently it's one of the first times that Elvis Presley cursed in front of someone when a car pulled out in front of them. And uh, it's okay because that year, he won the Safe Driving Award at his school. That's uh,
1: pretty funny, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good story. So a lot of people have uh, little anecdotes about, you know, growing up with all this about mm-hmm. being around Elvis, and those only get wilder and wilder as time goes on. Oh, you know, yeah. A lot of girlfriends, you know, that have come out and said some things, you know, about what, it, what time was like with him, whether it was good, whether it was bad, whether it was, you know, um, unusual in some way uh uh-huh. um, also there's uh um, you know this whole thing about the uh, the memphis mafia that we talked about now these were kind of his uh his yes men right yeah his yeah. Uh, his friends uh, i guess co-workers mm. because he did pay salaries uh but i think that most of their um i guess they the most of their wealth if you want to call it that because these are kind of like the uh the guys that hang around elvis and tell him that everything he's doing is, is great entourage the entourage that's a good way to put it ben yeah
2: what a wonderful decision, Mister Presley. Have another pill. Yeah, that uh, kind of thing was sadly. Happening. Yeah, that's right. They were not they were, to mention uh, the Colonel.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Colonel. His uh, his manager. That's mm-hmm. right, Colonel Parker. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But um, you know the uh, the Memphis Mafia guys. Now you know Red and Sonny and uh, mm-hmm. uh, who else? Um, Joe Esposito. There's a, yeah. there's a whole long laundry list of guys that were in the Memphis Mafia. And, you know, he's paying salaries to all these guys, you know, to, uh, to be around him and to make decisions for him or with him, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times they were maybe not the best decisions, I think. You know, they were, they were guiding him in the wrong way towards the end for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe early on it was more just kind of like, well, I'm successful. I'm going to hang out and, uh, you know, share some of this with my friends. And that was a nice thought, right? But it did lead to some bad territory later on. And the thing is, he would give them gifts. Like, he would give them Cadillacs. He would give them houses. He would mm-hmm. give them, Bonuses, you know, all the time. It wasn't just like a Christmas bonus or whatever. And he
2: would take them on trips as well, like come on tour with me and, and see the world.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go play Vegas and of course I'm bringing my, uh, my mafia members mm-hmm. with me here, my Memphis mafia. And, mm-hmm. uh, what was their, their symbol? It was the TCB with a flash. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah take, is it taking care of business yes. in a flash? Yeah, yeah. And so that you'll see TCB with a lightning bolt. And I think he even had that painted on the wall of his house in the, uh, I want to say in the jungle room. Oh. Oh, man. He's done at Graceland, so you know, un- unusual character Elvis, and man, I feel like you know we're just wandering all over the place. There's so much okay. here.
2: Yeah, let's jump into let's jump into a big one first. All right, okay. Uh, let's get this out of the way. In March 1955, Elvis bought his first pink.
0: If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet A renewable and sustainably managed resource, and paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So, why wouldn't you go paper-tarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com/paperarian.
3: Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry.
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: Cadillac. Mm -hmm. The pink Cadillac is a huge deal across the world now. It has become iconic. And, Scott, I think the word iconic gets overused often, Mm -hmm. and I say that because I often overuse it. But in this case, it's correct. Uh, the pink Cadillac, just the concept of it shows up in pop songs ever since it's in movies. It's referenced in books. It's going to be something that hundreds or thousands of years later, future archaeologists find out about and, and wonder if there was some weird myth. Which now there is. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, uh, there's an unusual story that goes along with this first Cadillac, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. It didn't last too
2: long. No, uh, it was, it was a 54 Cadillac and Elvis and a group who's with at the time, the Blue Moon Boys, were using this for about three months. A brake lining caught fire on the road between, uh, a place called Hope, Arkansas and Texarkana, Arkansas on, uh, June, right? June 5th. And uh, I've got a quote from the man himself, if you want to hear it. I'd like to. I won't do an Elvis voice, but I will read it. Uh, the first car I bought was the most beautiful car I've ever seen. It was secondhand, but I parked it outside my hotel the day I got it and stayed up all night just looking at it. The next day, it caught fire and burned up on the road. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it uh, it's a shame. Can I tell you one
1: Absolutely remarkable. And this is going to sound like I'm making this up and this is not made up in one bit.
2: I believe you're, you're an honest person. This is an incredible
1: coincidence, Ben. Every day on my way into work, this is a little sidebar, by the way. Every day on my way into work, I drive by a place in downtown Roswell, Georgia, and it's called Roswell Dream Machines. And what it is, it's a mechanic shop, and they claim to fix anything. So oftentimes they'll have, and I think I've mentioned it even on this podcast before at some point, yeah. They'll have all kinds of crazy cars out there. One time I saw what looked like a 1950s concept vehicle out there. Um, I saw, you know, um, wooden boats. I'll see muscle cars. I'll mm. see Corvettes. I'll see modern vehicles there as well. So all kinds of crazy things are there. And it's a really small old time gas station that's been converted to this just service station. Okay. Only, only repairs happen in there. Um, today, of all days, as I drive by there, there is a, a mid 50s pink Cadillac with a black top that's so weird and i don't know if it, I, I didn't see it long enough to even know if it was a convertible top or if it's a hard top i don't even mm-hmm. remember seeing that all i saw was that it was an uh, and i looked at the fins to try to determine what year it was and i'm gonna guess 55 okay on the shape of the fins yeah but of all days been and i've never ever seen that car there ever before because you know usually you'll see a rotation of cars that go there for service
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like
1: you'll see it there once a month or you'll see it there Twice a year or whatever, just yeah, you getting get the regulars, getting the tune-ups or whatever. First time I've ever seen that car, and and today that we're recording this, of all days, is the day I see the pink caddy. It was
2: weird. You never know, man. You never know whose Cadillac that is.
1: Uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, you know, what? that's another thing it, that I want to point this out early before I forget this whole thing. Okay, all right. A lot of people claim to have a car that was owned by Elvis or that it was an Elvis vehicle, right? I'm now, so glad you said that. Now, okay, there's 400 of these cars out there that elvis bought or or more than a 100 caddies that
2: mm-hmm. elvis owned slash it, gave away and
1: everybody thinks that that was a car that elvis personally drove and 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 uh you know was was owner of i guess that would take it out you know run errands and get groceries whatever no way drive, uh, lisa marie around town in, right
2: no way not
1: necessarily the case he, it, we mentioned all these gifts right he would give cars to anybody so sure um a lot of people will say well this is a car that was owned by elvis and they'll say well yeah he bought the car but he never even saw that vehicle mm-hmm. so there's some authentication that has to go on when when people say that this is a true elvis car that you well, know, he drove this woman
2: this, a cadillac Yeah, yeah that's exactly saying yeah that's
1: the first time we've heard you do your uh your elvis voice.
2: <laughs> well i'm sure there are a lot of people listening you hope it's the last time <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so anyways
1: you got to authenticate this whole thing and there's a way to do all that and everything but um out of the 400 cars you know there's a chance that most of them he did not actually sit in and drive
2: right yes and we know however that his lifelong affair with Cadillacs uh also involved some other cars now let's just just to make the point about how hurt and just po'd he was about this first Cadillac burning up uh, in 1955 in July, a month later, he gets his second pink Cadillac. Mm-hmm. This one's brand new. It's a Fleetwood Series 60. Uh, and he had it. It was originally blue, but he had it repainted, uh, by a neighbor who designed the color for him and even gave it its own name, right? It's Elvis Rose.
1: Ah, now that's the one. Okay, this is the one that he gave to his mother. Isn't yep, that right? spot on. All right, so he gave this car to his mother, and his mother has no license, no driver's license. Right. But, but she said that's, you know, she would claim that's my car, but Elvis would continue to drive that car, right? Right, So, yeah. so he, there's a lot of cars that we'll find in his history that he would give them to somebody like, uh, the Colonel, you know, his, his manager, Colonel Parker. Right. And he would say, like, I'm going to give you this Cadillac. And he'd say, well, that's great, Elvis. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And he's like, well, I need that car to get back to my house in Beverly Hills. Can I use that? And he's like, oh, "Go ahead, fine." Yeah. And then it becomes a regular thing. And then pretty soon, Colonel Parker doesn't really even own that caddy anymore. Then it's like he gifts it back to Elvis, and
2: you know who had been using it the whole time. I think Elvis has had done more than enough for the Colonel. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, too. yeah,
1: exactly right. But this other Cadillac, this second Cadillac, I guess, yeah, is the one that he gave to his mother and had painted that very special color. That El- uh, what is it? Mm. Uh, pink rose elvis rose elvis rose i mean basically pink and that's the one that's on display in graceland right Mm -hmm. and i think that one had originally a black top and then it was converted over to a white top later Mm -hmm. on right
2: yes uh if you're cool with it let's also start to laundry list some of the cars he has let's do that because there's more than
1: caddies here in his uh in his history
2: uh, okay, he's got that 1954 Cadillac limousine. Sorry, I know we said just now we said no Cadillacs, <laughs> but I feel like this is a little bit different because it's a limo. Yeah. Uh, he, it <laughs> was originally blue, and I know you love this part, buddy. He had it painted yellow. Painted yellow. <laughs> Why the
1: heck would you do that? That's, uh, I mean, that's clearly an attention grabbing thing. Now, maybe that was, uh, you know, his idea of gold at the time, I don't know, maybe. Because, yeah. uh, you'll find a lot of things that Elvis touches turn to gold, right? I mean, it's King, it's King Midas thing, right?
2: Hey, oh. Yeah. Uh, so, just, uh, side note with this. Oh, it was a Cadillac Series 75 Fleetwood. Okay. Um, in 57, uh, when he moved to Graceland, uh, they used the vehicle to haul, uh, chickens, ducks, guineas, peacocks, and turkeys. Isn't that something? A
1: Cadillac limousine, uh, from 1954, and he's hauling chickens in it.
2: How foul!
1: Yeah, <laughs> you've <laughs> been some... waiting all day to use that. Have I have you? worked okay. on that one. All right, so there, we're entering a time period here where Elvis was drafted into the army, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I know we're skipping around a little bit. There's some holes in this chronology, sure, sure. but but it's important to note that he went into the army in around. Uh, I think he was drafted in about 1958, mm-hmm. and he actually spent he spent a couple of years in the in the military. Yeah, he and, served his time. Yeah, he did. I mean, and they said that that was pretty uh, pretty remarkable for him because he could have gone into what they called the um, I think the special services, I think, division where, you know, people with, um, I guess, unusual circumstances. Right. And here he is at the, the height of his recording career. I think that would be a special circumstance. You know, they would say, like, this guy's kind of a national icon at this point.
2: Right. Should he just do USO or something?
1: Exactly right. But he said, no, no, I want to serve just like anybody else. I'm going to go over uh, to Germany with everybody and just uh, just be one of the guys. Mm-hmm. And mostly he was. I'm sure there was, a, you know, there were a million photo opportunities that came with this and a lot of publicity he knew that you know he came back it was going to be right on top again yeah all right so you know he serves this couple of years but while he's there i think he didn't um he, he he drove a volkswagen
2: is that right <laughs> yeah he uh he drove a volkswagen he drove a couple cars scott uh yeah he had an old volkswagen that was his first car mm-hmm. right yeah and uh then later he later that year he started getting into bmws
1: yeah that's right and not only that he also kind of messed around with a messerschmitt mm-hmm. now a messerschmitt
2: mm-hmm. if uh, if you know what a messerschmitt is
1: it's a it's a micro car a bubble car i guess yeah and uh, it's an unusual quirky little car but he really liked it and he was kind of uh, a mechanical guy i guess at the time later he wasn't so much mechanically was more just you know in it for the for the looks but um, he was, I guess, capable of, you know, tinkering around with this thing and making it, you know, making it work.
2: Yeah. He knew his way around under a hood.
1: Yeah, exactly right. So he had it paid to be shipped back from Germany after he was done with the military. Mm-hmm. And that car, he, he drove that car around town and he would visit this tailor, I guess, right? This, <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. the tailor's name? I can't remember I his can't name. I can't remember the. I'll <laughs> find it in just yeah. a second as we, as we go here, but, um, he, the tailor always kind of had a, an eye out for this car. He thought it was a sharp-looking car. looked really good. It was, yeah. you know, unique vehicle, right? It's
2: unique-looking yeah. in that town.
1: Very unusual, very unusual car. So Elvis drives up, and you know, one time, you know, Elvis says, "Tell you what, you've always had your eye on this car, and I've never wanted to sell it to you, but I'll make you a deal. You give me a two and a half hour shopping spree in your store, mm-hmm. and I'll give you that car." And the guy went for it.
2: <laughs> Uh yeah. Oh, I think I've got it. That's a uh, Lansky Brothers clothing store, that, right?
1: That sounds right.
2: That yeah. Sounds right. Um now one funny story about the BMW as well. So when he buys this used BMW five oh seven, uh, you know, Elvis doesn't know German. You remember this, right, Scott? I
1: do, and it's an awesome car.
2: So yeah. So he thought it was um he thought it was the equivalent of what would be about 3750 uh, bucks at the time versus 7000 something for a new one. So the contract's written in German. Our boy Presley doesn't totally get it, and he thinks he's buying the car. Later, he learns that it's that price because it is leased. He leased the car and had to give it back. Oh, my
1: gosh. Isn't that something? Now, I also heard a second, you know, there's another story about that vehicle yeah and, uh, and and the weird thing is that um, I, I, I hear different things from different places. like so I'm reading different things in different sources, but mm-hmm. here's what they said about the BMW in another in another tale, okay? And, All right um, Interesting that he had leased it by mistake, not knowing that he thought he had purchased it. He was interested. Of course, he he um, at the time, he, like everybody else is not infatuated but uh, but but really enjoyed the work of James Dean. Yes. And uh, James Dean had that Porsche spider. You know the uh, the one that he died in the, the cursed uh, one, the bright red one. Exactly right, the 550 uh, Speedster. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was about the closest thing he could find in Germany at the time was uh with this BMW 507, and um, it's from BMW Glocker. So you'll recognize that name Glocker if you you know look it up you know with BMW with Porsche whatever something like that right you'll find it you'll still find vehicles from there. Um, anyways he he was excited about owning this. It looked similar enough to him. It was a sports car. It was fun. And everything. It was white. Yep. And he found that females, adoring females and fans, you know, who knew who he was, would write with lipstick on the surface of the vehicle. They would write their n- name and phone number. They would write messages to him. and In German. In German or in English or, or whatever. and. He found that he couldn't get the, the lipstick completely out of the paint because I'm guessing that it was like that one, one step paint or yeah. you know, the uh, single stage paint. It, That's
2: it, maddening. It was
1: tough to get it out of the paint. So he, he, he was, had this car that was kind of like a, a red stained vehicle now. <laughs> so he traded it in. This is the other story. He traded it in for a red version of the same exact car uh, because it couldn't, you know, he couldn't get the, uh, the red lipstick off of the thing. What a problem to have, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Somebody, so many adoring fans. Somebody call the coal miners of the world and yeah. tell them they don't have it too rough. Yeah, yeah. poor, poor Elvis. So uh, I, I'm going to just uh, gloss over the 1960 Lincoln Continental Mark V, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, it's a great car. It's uh, one of the very first 1960 Lincolns. I think the serial number is 32. Mm. It's customized for Elvis. Um this had, you know, all the cool bells and whistles. And after five years, he gave the car to uh Alan from the Memphis Mafia. Isn't that something? Give I mean, again, I hope you guys can hear our air quotes that we're doing when we say gave, because mm-hmm. he probably still borrowed it and used it. The reason I wanted to gloss over that is to get to the Rolls Royce Phantom.
1: Ah, one of your favorites, right? Oh, yes,
2: sir. These yeah. Beautiful, beautiful cars. Mm-hmm. He, uh... Funny story about this one, uh, so it's 1961, January, cast your memory back there as Van Morrison would say, Elvis signs a five-year contract with Hal Wallace, so he buys this Rolls-Royce Phantom 5 to celebrate, and he gets it in Beverly Hills, he brings it home to, you know, to Mama, and uh, Elvis Presley's mom has chickens, right? And it's got a shiny new coat of paint on this Rolls-Royce Phantom. And these chickens see their reflections, the story goes, right? And they're just pecking at it. Scott, you're shaking your what? head not not because you don't believe me, but because you're just appalled. I'm just saying, what is up with these chickens and Elvis?
1: I mean, it seems like uh, chickens and, and Elvis are tied so tightly together, I had no idea with this Cadillacs. He's a country boy, That's man. That's crazy. Well, and as, I guess Rolls-Royce at this point. So, oh, yeah. Man, weird. All right, so we're, we're kind of moving through uh, the 1960s. One of the uh, one of the craziest ones that I saw, and I think this is one that's on display at Graceland as well. Uh huh. This is the George Barris, nineteen sixty oh. Cadillac Series seventy five Fleetwood Limousine. Now that's yeah. a long, long title for a car, but it's a long, long car too when you look at it. I mean, it's a huge, <laughs> huge vehicle, right? Did you work and on that one earlier? No, I didn't. That, that just uh, it's, it's, it's just off the top. Of it's the... organic. That's it's great. Organic, yeah, that's right. So um, this one has, has everything you would expect from an Elvis vehicle, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's. uh it's opulent <laughs> well, is the yeah. best word. Yeah, I guess gold plated everything. So it has gold plated right.
1: interior gadgets like a phone. Now right. remember, 1960, okay, 1960, and this is the guy that made the Batmobile, George, yeah. George, yeah. Barrett, oh, yeah. George Barris. All right, it has a gold plated phone, mm-hmm. shoe buffer, mm-hmm. refrigerator, entertainment console with a ten record automatic changer. Now that's amazing because you know everybody kind of points to that. What was it a Chrysler vehicle? I think maybe that had the, that uh, underdash uh, record player. Oh, the
2: single record player? Yeah, the player? single
1: record player. Elvis had a 10-record automatic changer record player from RCA that was installed in this thing. That's he had I mean. a swivel TV and tape deck. Again, this is 1960. That's amazing. So maybe that, and maybe we should talk about the exterior as
2: well. Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about the paint, too. 40 coats, my friend, Uh Made with things that would shame a chic. Uh, pearl, diamond dust, oriental fish scales used on the outside. What, what, why? What does that even mean? Uh, What's the point?
1: 40 coats of paint. That, that's, that's the point where it's to the, the thickness where it's starting to make the body look different. Right, yeah. That's strange. Weird weird that they would do 40 coats
2: with such exotic ingredients. I feel like, I feel like Elvis custom ordered those 40 coats. That's the way I feel about it. I don't know. Yeah, but it, it sounds like. Somebody in his entourage just made up a list of things they thought were expensive. They yeah. said, uh, okay, yeah, we need to paint it. And at first they said, uh, I paint it gold. And they said, okay, do you want anything else? And it was like when you go to a pizza place and you're hungry and you just start naming ingredients. And one of them went, uh, pearls, uh, diamond dust. Yeah, fish scales. Fish scales. Uh, Forty coats. Forty. Forty, 40 coats. Yeah, not
1: 39, not 41. I want 40. <laughs> and uh, the hubcaps, of course, and the wheel covers, the headlight rims, the front grill all plated with 24 karat gold mm-hmm. and gold lamé drapes which were used to cover the back windows and separate the front from the back seats it's just it's a, it's an unbelievable car and i i'm sure that i've seen photographs of this one yeah i just don't know if they were at Graceland or not i believe it was
2: now you may recognize this on uh Viva Las Vegas who used it on the set there ah yes and uh
3: get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radley De Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If
2: you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, eventually, Colonel Parker sells this uh, to RCA for $24,000 as a promotional tool, which uh, makes it a loss, right?
1: 24000 come on i mean that's like that's a it's an easy even back then an easy hundred thousand dollar car
2: right yeah and uh he this uh for our australian friends in the audience uh matt you might be interested to know that this is one of the cars that uh elvis took on tour uh in the car tour in 1968 well
1: of course he did this is a uh quite a showpiece right
2: Mm mm-hmm and uh Let's see, in the 1970s, the car went to the Country Music Association Hall of Fame in Nashville. Uh, you can look inside it when there's a button you can hit where the roof comes off.
1: Of course there is. Of course there is. All the bells and whistles, right? What
2: good is having all that if you can't show people that they don't have it? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's go through quickly some of these. And
1: there's stories attached to every one of these. So I, I I hate that we have to do this, but we're going to have to get through more to get towards the end here. Okay? Right, right. All right. So uh there's a nineteen sixty two Ford Thunderbird and this mm-hmm. is one that you know he picked up some late night, you know, he called the dealer, saw it in the window, and said, you know, I, I want that car or something like that. It was an it's
2: an unusual story. Which he uh which he often did.
1: Yeah, he often did. If you know if it was the middle of the night and he wanted a car that he saw, he would call the dealer, the owner of the place and say, Come in and show me this car. And of course, because he's Elvis Presley, they would show up and of course you know, because they knew that he would likely buy the vehicle. Mm-hmm. If there's something unusual in a, uh, in a dealership, a lot of times people would contact him and say, hey, we've got a car here that we think you would like. And it's kind of a one-off thing, a custom job, uh, but it's really outlandish. You want to come take a look at it? And he would show up, and, and oftentimes he would go home in that vehicle. He'd drive it straight home to Graceland.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, weirdly enough... He knew this salesman from childhood, but that's a story for another yeah, day. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So okay, so there's also a Mercedes Benz 600. Uh huh. Um, so he he was buying a lot of different types of cars at this point. Now we get into the um the the late 1960s, and there's an interesting group of vehicles here, and these are by some claim that these may be his actual favorite vehicles. Now we know his love affair with Cadillacs. We've already talked about that many many times, right? Already, yeah. but there was a group of vehicles that that came out in the late 1960s early 1970s called the Stutz Blackhawk
2: which uh some listeners may be unfamiliar with the uh the Stutz Blackhawks are at the at the time these became uh sort of the way Maybachs are now with uh with the hip hop community very
1: yeah. low production very mm. uh very um i i guess um ornate Held vehicles. in high
2: esteem, almost custom coach working.
1: Yeah, I guess that would be, that's probably the best way to put it. I mean, it was, uh, they were, they were low, low production, and when they first came out, you know, of course, Stutz isn't brand new. Stutz has been around for a long time, but these right. Stutz Blackhawk models were brand new in the late 1960s, and they had a couple of pro- uh, prototypes that they were showing around, you know, they were going to take them to, I think it was the LA Auto Show at yeah. the time. Yep. And Elvis caught wind of this, and they said, you know, they wanted Elvis to see the vehicle. And, they said, "Yeah, that's." F-. He said, "Yeah, that's fine." And they said, "Well, you, would you take some press photos with it?" He said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I'll take some press photos with it." And he liked the car so much that he wanted to buy it. And they said, "That's fine, but it has to go to the show, etc." So they, they did yeah, that. And, and he- you have
2: to. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're missing part of the bidding war. Oh, that's right. Uh So another guy that some of you may recognize, Frank Sinatra, also wanted the very first uh Stutz Blackhawk, and that you know that's very that's very. Rock star of both of these guys. I don't want any of them. I want the first one. But when they said, "Okay, you can have it if you go with us and do some publicity for this car," uh, Sinatra said no, and Elvis said yes.
1: Yeah. So that's the reason Elvis ended up with the car. I mean, mm-hmm. Sinatra said, "I I don't want to really do the uh, the extra press work that goes along with it, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a cool car. Let Elvis have it." So yeah. So he did, and uh, you know, Elvis did go do the press photos and all that. You know, and there's there's a shot of him. Uh, receiving the vehicle, I think, in his Beverly Hills home, because he had a mm-hmm. home in Beverly Hills as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, the, this early prototype vehicle was the one that ended up in an accident. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that is unfortunately correct. Elvis Presley did get the first Blackhawk for, uh, $26,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It was a prototype again, so it's not yeah, production. Some right. unusual
1: things on this car, not, not something that can be replaced. So he sends the car out to be washed one day, mm-hmm. and uh, it's involved in an accident. And he has it brought back to Graceland, and I believe that it just sat in the corner of the garage for a long, long time until after his death, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it was fully restored, and when I say restored, they couldn't even really restore it to the prototype condition because it had, un- had an unusual um, uh, setup. I believe. I think I want to say that it was a difference in the uh, the the, uh, the rear window. The size of the rear window was different.
2: Yeah, and that that can happen with prototypes as things get tweaked mm-hmm. because unless a prototype makes it perfectly into production, all that stuff could be considered a one-off.
1: Oh, yeah, and then the grill I think, was different, and mm-hmm. the, the front lights were a little bit different, not original. So, um, you know, it's just a little bit different. So now this is truly a one-of-a-kind car.
2: And it's interesting because the uh, team who worked on the car said that they don't consider it a restoration so much as a preservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, we didn't restore the car. That would suggest we stripped off the car's history with Elvis and made it look like it just came from the factory. What we did was take it back to exactly how it was when Elvis drove it.
1: Ah, that's important because um, these are some of his favorite cars to drive. And, right. And he was a driver. This guy, you know, we'll talk about the rest of the Stutz Blackhawks in just a minute here. Okay. But, but I want to say that a lot of his driving was done at night. Yep. And the reason was because he just couldn't. Like, he couldn't manage around town during the day because of the fans, the people with cameras, you know, the the early version of the paparazzi that we see today. Mm-hmm.
2: He would get mobbed.
1: Yeah, he just would get continually mobbed, and he didn't enjoy it. So he would go out late night to do errands, and he would go out late night to, you know, watch movies in a theater that he rented privately, you know, for he and his friends, because he couldn't go to a regular theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so the drives, you know, when he would drive, he would drive often at nighttime, and he would drive very fast a lot of times, from what I hear. <laughs> uh, but he really, truly loved his car, so... You know, these are ones that he, he found these to be a driver's vehicle, which, uh, you know, look at a Stutz Blackhawk and yeah. it doesn't look like that. It looks like a luxury car. It but, looks very overly ornate, I guess. You know, there's a, it's not for everybody, the design, no. but he really liked it and he bought more of them. He bought the prototype. Yeah. And then he bought, um, the first production, uh, model Stutz Blackhawk in 1971. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, you know, I guess his second vehicle was actually the first production vehicle.
2: And then he bought two more, uh, he had a '72 uh, that was white, and in '73 he bought another one and went back to the black color.
1: Yeah, that's right, and it was unique because it had red leather interior and 18 karat gold plated trim, which you know now I think you can go to an aftermarket's pla- aftermarket place and get gold plated trim. Yeah, all over the place. You know, you can get it anywhere really. Almost anywhere, and uh, but back then, you know, it was something you had to order from the factory. You had to say, "This is Elvis Presley. I'd like to get twenty-four karat gold-plated uh, Cadillac um, logos, <laughs> right. and all the trim has to be gold." And you know, I'd like your dealership to do that in the next month. And uh, and often they would do that kind of thing. So this is an unusual car, and not only that, this is the very last car that he was ever seen driving. I mean, uh, in fact, this is the last photograph of the king ever. It was mm-hmm. taken inside this 1973 Stutz Blackhawk Three. Uh, again, the photo was taken just after midnight on August sixteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. So that's the the very day he, that he died. Um, and you can just see that you can look anywhere online find a quick photo of him. He's just got his hand up, you know, waving to the people as he drives through
2: the gates. Yeah, and uh, as we said in the beginning, unfortunately, Elvis Presley passed away at the age of forty-two, August sixteenth, nineteen
1: seventy-seven. Exactly right now, but the studs was. By no means the the last vehicle that he bought or anything like no. that. I mean, there are others because again, you know, those were that was a 1973 vehicle. He lived until 1977. Right. There's a lot of other vehicles here. In fact, the one that I want to get to right now, this is mm. the one that a lot of people have heard of, or okay. have heard, have heard uh, tale of. I guess it's kind of a, a legend, but it's true. All right, so this is the car that Elvis shot. This is the, 19, ah. the 1971 <laughs> yellow De Tomaso Pantera. It's a sports car. And it was purchased for a, a girlfriend of his. Um, he he dated a woman named uh, Linda Thompson, mm-hmm. and Linda Thompson has been on many. She's done many interviews. I think I want to say she wrote a book. I'm pretty sure she did, uh, but she was on Larry King. I watched a Larry King interview with her that was you know half hour long or something, but uh, pretty revealing, I guess. And but again, this is a gift that he bought for her. It was about it was like twenty four hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So it's it's probably pretty pricey at the time. Um, very limited production again on this vehicle, but it's it's sought after. People people love this car now. Back then, they had a few problems.
2: It wasn't what
1: right. they weren't always the, the the car that people look back at with these uh, these rose colored
2: glasses, right? And that was a uh, twenty four thousand, right?
1: No, it was twenty four hundred dollars.
2: What? Yeah, wow. twenty four
1: hundred. He bought it. I believe he bought it in nineteen seventy four, and it was a nineteen seventy one car. Ah, okay. So, so again. The king's not always buying brand new cars. It's just whatever catches his eye. And this bright yellow
2: mm-hmm. Pantera
1: caught his eye. Now, that's Italian for Panther. And, uh, it's an Italian sports car. It's made by a coach builder over there. And they had some problems. They did. It had a, it had a Ford engine. It had Ford 351 and a Cleveland V8. It had 330 horsepower. And that first year in 1971, so that the year that he has only something like a thousand and seven of these Panteras made it to the United States. So it's a pretty rare find, I guess. Um, you know, even three years later, it's still a rare find. Yeah. Now, extremely rare to find one. No I guess. Kidding. And, um, these were, I guess they said most of these were very poorly built at the time. And it, I don't know if it was just the production or if it was just the the factory itself or what. Mm-hmm. The people putting it together, I don't know. The, the parts or what. But they said that they were so poorly built that several of these broke down on Ford's test track even when they brought them over to the United wow. States. So, uh, I was not known to be a quality vehicle. Now, the car that, or the reason, the whole reason that uh, this one is mainly famous, I guess, is because this is the one that I mentioned he, he shot. Um, mm-hmm. He had it on the road one night driving it. It broke down, had to leave it on the side of the road, and you know get a ride back to Graceland or wherever. He had the, this vehicle towed back to Graceland, and sitting there in the driveway, he's telling a friend of his about it, you know, like what happened, and he's getting just angry as he's talking about it, right? And <laughs> as he gets angry, he pulls out a pistol and shoots the car, and then apparently gets in. And it starts right up again. Like it, like that fixed it, right? And that's in his head. He's thinking that fixed it. And this person, you know, uh, collaborates a story that, you know, it, it wasn't running. He shot the car and now it's running again. So what yeah. happened, right? So in his mind, he fixed it by shooting it, right? Or something like that. I don't, I don't quite get, you know, the, the tie in there, but he put this together. Now Elvis has shot TVs and things like that. Sure. Right? He shot a TV in, in Las Vegas where, um, I think it was Robert Goulet was on the television. There's, there's a whole story about that as well. Yeah. But he, he he had this bad habit of shooting things when they weren't working right for him. And he shot this, this Pantera twice. There's another hole in the, uh, there's a bullet hole in the steering wheel where he shot the dash when it had broken down on him again. And that's not the only vehicle that he shot, Ben.
2: No, it's it's not. I'm I'm delighted to hear more of these yeah. stories. There's another one that uh, that most people don't remember.
1: Now the Pantera is one that kinda toured That's with the, like, the famous one. Yeah, it toured with I think there was a show called The Cars of the Stars or something. And, yeah. and this is one that, you know, gained attention because it was the one that he shot and his temper and all that stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. There's another one that um he had purchased, I guess, a nineteen sixty eight Cadillac El Dorado at a Memphis dealership just after Christmas in nineteen sixty seven. It was a gift for himself. Uh, It was a bright gold vehicle, and of course it was, Ben. It was painted bright gold. Sure. So he used to to drive around, I guess, uh, just after his daughter, Lisa Marie, was born. And in early 1968, or 1969, it wouldn't start, so he goes and gets another pistol, and he shoots it, a a hole right through the right front fender.
2: Good, that'll show (laughs) it. It
1: it didn't work out. It didn't start up again, like, you know, magically like the Pantera
2: did. Oh, he shot it in the wrong spot, He he shot
1: this. Now, this is prior to the Pantera, right? Right. So... You know, after that, he gave it to Priscilla's, Priscilla was his, uh, his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave it to Priscilla's stepfather as a gift, and the car is still around, and it still has a bullet hole in the, in the right front fender.
2: Well, at this play- point, you probably wouldn't want to fix it, right?
1: Well, probably not. I mean, that's part of the uh, the whole history. You know, that's the mm-hmm. that's the whole allure of owning an Elvis vehicle,
2: right? The mystique. Like,
1: and right here is where the king shot it to try to fix it.
2: Now, uh, for anyone else who is listening, you're probably kicking yourself and saying, Scott, Ben, why aren't you getting to this other story about Elvis that I know? And that's because... Uh, Except for a few more things. I think I'm about wrapped up. Okay. I've maybe got a couple. You got a couple? I got a couple right. and
1: I'll try to keep them brief because I know we're running a little bit long here, but. Oh, okay. Um, all well, right. we,
2: we can't, we can't get to all the stories, folks, is what we're saying, but, uh, you know what, hopefully I, you we know can what, get a few of these in.
1: I would love to be able to tell you about when he, I'm not going to, but, uh, he would <laughs> ride, he would ride on his ranch and he was infatuated at the time with, uh, with eating hot dog buns without the hot dogs. And so he would tie a uh, a bag of hot dog buns to the saddle horn of his horse and eat them as he rode around on his ranch.
2: Oh, I have another he's... Oh man, I forgot. I'm sorry. Also motorcycles. We haven't even talked about Elvis and motorcycles. Oh, let's talk about motorcycles for just a minute then. Okay. Well, he loves motorcycles. Like this guy really is a gearhead and um as you know, as he becomes more successful and he has less time, he's not tinkering with vehicles as much. He just likes the look. And one of his entourage members says he didn't care if a car was $5,000 or $50,000. If he liked the way it looked, he would just have it and more often than not, give it to somebody, which is why the Stutz Blackhawks were rare, right? In that he, those were the ones, those were the only vehicles where he expressly said about one of them, only I drive this one after the prototype was damaged. But the motorcycles were kind of the same rules. He loved it. There's so many publicity photos of him in the Army uniform, hopping on a bike, and, uh.
1: Getting on a Harley, right?
2: Yeah, it was a Harley. Yeah. Good yep, call. Exactly right. Alright, so, uh, I mean, I know that
1: he has motorcycles on display at Graceland, right? Or, yes. There must be motorcycles on display. Yeah, there are. He had a, uh, a whole staple of them, I guess, mm-hmm. at some point. Um as he did with other vehicles. You know, if he saw it and he liked it, he he would buy it. They said it didn't matter if it was five grand or if it was fifty thousand dollars. Right. He would just buy it on the spot and like a lot of times, like you said, he would just give it away because you know, he doesn't need more than, you know, a couple of Cadillacs at a time really to get around.
2: He also had one other vehicle that he loved and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'll save it till the end. You
1: save it till the end. Okay, okay. Now is it a let me ask you this. Is it a kind of a one off uh Cadillac? Mm, no okay then maybe i'll tell you this next story how about that all right i will i'm going to leave out the nixon story to tell you this one because uh this one uh you know pertains exactly what we're talking about today cars okay we'll stick with cars i guess so (laughs) all right so he he had one that a lot of people claim to be his favorite cadillac now i don't know how you could proclaim to have a uh you know the favorite cadillac i guess of Elvis, but Probably the owner of the current, you know, the vehicle right now says this was his favorite. Oh, right? yeah. I would think, maybe. Okay. But there's some, uh, there's some historical data that backs this up that maybe he really did like this one an awful lot. All right. So, you know, you know, he bought hundreds of Cadillacs probably, right? Right. If not, you know, several hundred. Anyway, so he, he bought one that was a, um, <laughs> this is crazy. He bought a 1972 custom caddy station wagon. Now that's got to be a massive vehicle. I mean, just enormous, right? Think about yeah. think about a huge Cadillac from early nineteen seventies with a station wagon back end on it, with wow. the, with the gate and everything. Right? Yeah, yeah. Only two of these were ever made. Now the, the two, and of course, Elvis owned one, which is in the hands of a private owner right now, as far as I know right now, because this was a couple of years ago. Uh, the other one was owned by Dean Martin, you know, out in Vegas, oh. and uh, Dean Martin.
2: Okay, Rat uh, came,
1: Pack. Ah, uh, yep, exactly right, and they could they they can't locate it. They don't know where that one ended up. So you know that's either a uh, a barn find for somebody someday, or it's sitting in the desert somewhere, or it's been mm-hmm. crushed, or who knows. They just can't figure out where the Dean Martin car went. But uh, the Elvis 1972 Caddy is alive and well, and it kind of makes the rounds occasionally. You know, at the big auction houses, you'll see it for sale sometimes. Um, it had uh, gold emblems, of course, 24 karat gold spike or spoke wheels, rather. And I believe it was owned even after his death by the Graceland Estate. So they they continued to own it uh, to you know go get groceries and you know uh-huh. run errands things like that you know afterwards. All right, now Elvis gave this car. <laughs> here's another one that he gave away. Uh-huh. He gave it to his manager uh, Colonel Parker as a gift, but um, he found that he needed to use it often because this is the point in his career when he was um, doing all these shows out in Vegas. Mm-hmm. He was selling out Vegas. Continually, Like, he sold something like 58 continuous shows in Vegas, and it was like a, a attendance record. He just shattered all records in Vegas, right? Yeah. But his home is in Beverly Hills, so he would travel back and forth from Vegas to Beverly Hills often. And, you know, this giant Cadillac was big enough for him, his friends, all their luggage, and it was a comfortable ride, right? So he would often borrow that car back from Colonel Parker and drive back and forth between Vegas and beverly hills and uh i guess later elvis eventually took the car back to graceland because you know uh, parker i guess or colonel parker got tired of tracking down this car and saying you know like where's my car this weekend he's like oh i got it back at the uh, the place in beverly hills and you know right now it's over at the shop getting service so he was like kind of in charge of it more than colonel parker was at this point even though it's technically his car mm-hmm. and uh, so colonel just said just take it back you know i'm giving it back to you as a gift you know you love that car obviously they drove it back to Graceland, and that's when the, you know they continued to use it, I guess. And and that sale that I mentioned, um, they sold it in 2010, I believe. It was up for sale for something like 139 thousand dollars, Ben. So you know, having the king in the car's history, yeah. knowing that it was one of his favorite cars to drive, you know, in um, a at a very significant part in his career, part of his career, mm-hmm. added to the value. So I mean, 139 thousand dollars is a lot of money. It's got 73 thousand miles. Um, and I believe it was in Florida at the time. I looked up the uh, the area code of the person who was selling it. Yeah. And it was somewhere in Florida. I don't know where that car is now, but if you know of where the other car is, the Dean Martin car is, uh, that'd be the one to have, right? Because that's you know the only other one of the kind, one of the vehicles that they made like that.
2: Right, and it probably has lower mileage. It's just when when we were talking about this, I'm picturing you at the auction saying, "Well, what what does it get per gallon?" What's the mileage per gallon and uh when were the tires rotated? Yeah, yeah, exactly
1: right. Yeah, like uh, you're going to nitpick over some little details. Right? Yeah,
2: I would do that too. I would say, you know, I have $100,000 yeah, and that, work up from there. Is
1: that an 8-track player? Because that's a little outdated.
2: Mm, yeah. Oh, you guys are going to paint it, right? <laughs> yeah, um, that, that yellow doesn't work for me. Oh, boy. Going back to our podcast on buying used cars, uh, which is what you would be doing. Well- Ladies and gentlemen, we'll end up with one last thing, if that's alright with you, Scott. Of course. Uh, there's another vehicle that has gone on display, uh, at the Elvis Presley Automobile Museum at Graceland, which is what they call that collection of vehicles. And it is not a car and it is not a motorcycle. It is, in fact, a John Deere tractor. A tractor. Yeah, Elvis also was into this tractor. I don't know if it was every tractor, but yeah.
1: He, you know, he was just like a, he was a car guy. He loved mechanical things. Yeah. I mean,
2: and if you're a country boy, then if you got, you kind of have to have a tractor. Oh, of
1: course. Whatever struck his fancy,
2: right? Right. So he used it, uh, on his Mississippi ranch and at Graceland. And so the Elvis Presley Enterprises folks, uh, cooperated with John Deere to rebuild this, uh, four, uh, 410. 4010 uh, tractor, um, and he got it. Let's see, in 1966, and he kept it until the time of his death.
1: Wow, that's well into his uh his success. I mean, he's already you know been a big recording star for at least ten years at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's he doing buying a John
2: Deere tractor and driving around on the farm? I mean, you just you sometimes you gotta have a tractor. man. Uh, I guess he's from Tennessee.
1: What do you got? You got? I that,
2: mean, man. if you have a ranch and if you're doing farm work then you'll probably need a you know tractor what? you're
1: right there's a there's a variety of vehicles and that's why he has all these atvs and go-karts and
2: all that other stuff too i mean it's just fun toys right? Really. i mean the limo was strictly for the chickens scott yeah. <laughs> that's right well we uh matt thank you so much for writing to us we hope that uh you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it uh scott and i have to head out oh as well as our super producer noel who's uh there behind the boards for us every episode um let's see i don't think i'm going to shoot my car today what about you scott i'm
1: definitely not going to shoot my car it doesn't uh doesn't do anything
2: all right well. it might add to
1: the value though if we ever become famous <laughs> maybe but if we don't it just kills the vet. it's just
2: a shot up <laughs> car exactly right <laughs> and
1: then can i just say one last yeah thing before yeah we yeah. Finish? yeah i just wish like i know that you know this is a podcast just about cars but there's so many spin-off oddball stories about about elvis and we tried to touch the, on them as we went through the the car history as well yeah but as i was reading i mean i mentioned the hot dog thing on the mm-hmm. on the ranch there were so many just eccentricities about him that were so funny and so um uh unique
2: to yeah him. just the sandwiches he invented
1: yeah just incredible stuff about him i mean he's a really fascinating fascinating guy and i i, I want to start reading some of his uh you know the biographies about yeah him to get more and more information because he's just a just crazy i mean and 42 years i mean that's all he lived but there's just this wealth of information about him and, and you know how he's a giving person. And, he, mm-hmm. and Everybody who came in contact with him said they really genuinely like the guy. He's really just a good guy to be around. And uh, and I believe that. I mean, he seems like a kind of guy that if he's still around, I'd like to meet him.
2: You know what? That is one of the nicest, most genuine things you can say, I think, about um, a celebrity. Because it's weird when you get to that status, you have to wonder... Am I just paying my friends to hang out with me? But he seemed like he had a really good heart.
1: Well, there were those core guys that you know. At some point, maybe there was that that bit of uh, you know I'm I'm in it for for something, you know. Sure. And I'm sure that some were that way, but there were other you know groups of people that, that hung around him that were genuinely just excited about being around him because he was mm. a good guy.
2: And, and a lot of those stories about him meeting regular people and just wanting to help them are true.
1: Yeah, and, you know, not even the ones that he gave a Cadillac to or gave a house to or whatever. Right, yeah. he, was, he was generous in that way. Sure, he was like uh, he was like Santa Claus sometimes. People, <laughs> you know? but, yeah. but the thing is, I think people that even just knew him and met him and, and never really received anything from him still enjoyed being around him because he was just a, a, a good guy. And do, you, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like you would like to have met him or known
2: him? Well, sure, yeah, I yeah. get I get along with pretty much everybody who's also from Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm in by default. <laughs> but uh, we we do have to head out. So, uh, if you would like to hear more car stuff, check out our website, CarStuffShow.com, where you can see every one of the. 590 something episodes that we have done so far this might be 600 uh, neither of us are keeping very good count uh, but you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter where we are CarStuffHSW and if you want to take a page out of Matt's book and give us an idea for an upcoming show email us we're around and our address is CarStuff at
1: HowStuffWorks.com For more
0: on this and thousands of other topics visit HowStuffWorks.com Committed to exploring the world in comfort, journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack.